Hi, everybody. Welcome to the 52-Bit Podcast. My name is Nita, and this is a podcast where we talk about something either you or I or both of us want to talk about. This week, we have a special guest, and it's Harrison. Hi, Harrison. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Awesome. Harrison, for the for the listeners at home, can you tell us a little about yourself, please? Yes. Um, my name is Harrison. I uh, am five foot eight, but my license says that I'm five foot nine. That's really most of it. Oh, um, we, I, I know you from we did a theater specifically improv in college. So we did. And I have questions about your license, but I'll hold those for later because uh, today we'll be talking about what makes a good joke and some of our favorites. Because as you said, we were in improv together. And I feel like out of everyone who I've done improv with, I've talked to you, I think, the most about humor. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, let's get to it. So, uh, Harrison, when you think of a joke, what's uh, what really comes to your mind of what like makes a good joke? Like, what's the first thing that sticks out to you? Ooh, what makes a good joke? Yeah, okay, fine, fine. Let's back up. What makes a joke? Okay, all right. Not even good one, just like what makes something humorous, I guess. I, as I've i been thinking about like what makes a joke a joke a lot uh, lately, right. divorced from the idea of like what makes a joke good because mm-hmm. um, in our current like social uh, climate and situation, there's been a lot of discussion as to whether or not certain jokes are funny and like the idea that like yeah. they're not funny because they're offensive. Right. And it's like right. they are offensive a lot of times, the, the jokes that we're having these conversations about. But they're also oftentimes not jokes. So, yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of times instead, it's just like being mean or like stating something that was not true and just like, hey, we all think that's funny, right? That's a joke. And it's like, well, no. Right. 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 There's a lot of like, I have this opinion. I'm going to say this opinion. And when, if people, if and when people get mad at me, I'm not going to stand by that opinion, and therefore it is a joke. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. That's not what that. No, that's not, not how that works. works. Yeah, you, you can't just like take something you don't want to stand by anymore and be like, I was just joking. Like that's not how that works. Just joking. It's just a joke. Yeah, but as for what actually does make a joke, so that I think is, as I've been thinking about it, has been a little bit more difficult to nail down for me i think that there has to be some amount of well i okay so i think there are different sorts of jokes some jokes rely on certain humor techniques others rely on others right Mm -hmm. so you have things um in the vein of like sarcasm or Mm -hmm. uh certain other types of jokes whose names are not coming to mind at the moment but like jokes that just rely on the idea of like the thing that i'm saying is different from the thing that i mean um right uh, a certain type of irony which if i had paid more attention in english class i could tell you exactly what it is but uh, i didn't so here we are not tell you <laughs> even dramatic irony which i think they talked about like at least once every three months i'm like i don't know anything about irony oh yeah Oh, dramatic. Oh, that's, oh, that's not so Right, familiar. right. Oh, I used to know. All right. <laughs> like, we should know. We should. But, like, at this point, I'm like, no. Well, uh, while uh, you might be thinking of dramatic irony, I just, I pulled up the definition of joke because I realized I don't really understand, like, as a concept, what a joke is. Um, and a joke, via the dictionary definition from Google.com, not even going to Merriam-Webster, not taking the time. Uh, as a noun is a thing that someone says to cause amusement or laughter, especially a story with a funny punchline. Hmm. The v- apparently it's also a verb, but I don't think this counts because they use the word joke in the definition and it says makes jokes talking humorously or flippantly. Hmm. So there is like some common understanding that what you're saying is for a jovial reason, like to make others happy or laugh. Okay, that is that is interesting. I so there are certain things when I say that like some people make jokes that really aren't jokes, right? Mm -hmm. 
I think that those things would still fit that definition because a lot of okay. the times these things are being said to make people laugh. Right. But people laugh for different reasons. Sometimes it's like a laugh of recognition. Uh, sometimes it's like a laugh of like uh, uh, some sort of absurd or unexpected resolution to a premise. Uh, sometimes it's like a shock laugh, though. It's just like, a, mm-hmm. oh, I wasn't expecting a human being to say that into my human ears that I then had to interpret yeah. with my human brain. And I think that a lot of the things that I think of as like not jokes are jokes yeah. that are made to elicit that response. So, yeah, no, for sure. I definitely, now that you're saying that, there are a lot of times that like I've had coworkers in the past or like been at improv shows and like someone will say something very clearly like sexist and then they elicit a laugh but it's not like people think it's funny it's like people are like whoa who says that (laughs) and then they're uncomfortable but depending on how that person reads it you know if you don't call them out they might think like oh that was a joke (laughs) haha i got to say the thing that's really bad and people thought it was funny uh or if they're called out on it they'll be like oh it was a joke lighten up right like just like you said and they'll be like oh but somebody laughed and it's like well somebody laughed because you made them uncomfortable now full disclosure um i would say up until possibly the end of college that was a significant amount of my like um sense of humor uh uh, one thing that i said quite a lot uh in high school uh somebody would say something to me and i would respond i will eat your family (laughs) you did it you elicited the fear laugh yeah, Good job. so that that laugh is a laugh that i heard a lot uh growing up um and um did, whether those things count as jokes or not i will say the laughter feels just as good yeah like you you get the same i guess dopamine from the laugh no matter what that's why i think sometimes when you're when you're like on stage or something, it's very hard to tell, engage an audience, unless you get also that like elicit like, oh, or oh, from them as well. And then I think it's very easy to tell like, oh, maybe not that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I definitely, I feel like we all have our like jokes that we tell because we're all like trying to learn at the same time and unlearn things that we have in the past learned. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all at some point have jokes that we've told that have elicited that like fear laughter rather than like true joyous laughter and i feel like i still definitely have some i am blanking right now because i don't i haven't done comedy in so long that i'm trying to like remember what i used to do um so what uh what would be what would be your personal definition of a joke i know that we have the the dictionary.com definition but Oh, yeah, because we're still trying to separate this from like a good or a bad joke we're just trying to say like a joke and i uh, my issue is that I hate, I don't even think of bad jokes as jokes. I think of them as just terrible things to say. So I'm trying to like remove that from my brain for a minute to like try to just make a neutral definition of a joke. And I think I'll probably say it's something that you said with the intent of invoking joy from someone. Mm-hmm. That is what I think a joke is. So if you started with the intent of an opinion that you then go, oh, that was a joke, that's not a joke to me. Um, but if you say something that, you know, originally you thought was a joke and is still like technically opinion, but you delivered it as something humorous, I think that technically is a joke. It's just awful and you should never do it, you know? <laughs> All right. I can take that. Yeah. So what about you? What What, what is your baseline joke definition i baseline joke definition i would say is something that includes a setup and a punchline uh which is a uh, a very uh not interesting answer but like okay <laughs> that setup so for like for like uh street jokes are like jokes that like you know, people are aware of not like a stand-up mm-hmm. comedian telling a joke but like you know, you go up to one of your friends and well, like, hey, how, how many Harrisons does it take to screw on a light bulb? Right. Like those setups are like setups that are verbal. This setup exists. Right. Um, and I think that a lot of jokes, the setup is just sort of the world that we're existing. Right. In, right? But I still right. think that that counts as a setup. The my favorite type of joke probably 
is like a joke where the setup is some experience that is specific to the person telling it and me, the person receiving it, and the like people that we're around and whatnot. But like, mm-hmm. I would say that whether it be like verbal or um, uh, some sort of experience or some maxim that we have, there has to be some sort of setup, and then there has to be mm-hmm. a punchline that resolves that setup in such a way that is in some way not necessarily expected from the setup in the sense that just naming the next thing is possibly like a continuation of the setup but the punchline should either be like the logical extreme of that setup or something that subverts that setup or uh an observation that uh wouldn't normally come to mind about that setup something like that gotcha gotcha so if i was just telling a story about like going to the grocery store and was like you know i walk in i grab my produce and then go to the dairy section and then like you know go buy some meat check out and leave like even though that's a finality that's not a joke versus if i'm like going to the grocery store and uh somebody has eaten all of the eggs and all all of the milk is gone and like all of the chicken tenders are gone, but I can buy as much mashed potatoes as I want. And so I buy 55 boxes of mashed potatoes and I leave and I eat all of my mashed potatoes. Like, even though that's not like a good setup and punchline, like, is that more of a joke I, than just me? I think so. I, I think okay. so. I think, I think we might need to workshop. Obviously it needs bit. to be workshop, yeah. right? <laughs> But I think so. And I think that you have the opportunity within those stories to like set up uh, sort of mm-hmm. some incongruencies and such that are like little jokes in the midst of like the, the big story and whatnot. The chaos. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I also love that the phrasing of that makes it feel like somebody came in and ate all of the eggs. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. They didn't like take it. My bad. I always. Okay. So I will say this as a side note. My favorite jokes are when people say things they don't mean and it's just funnier to me. That's I love when people mess up what they're saying. It's hilarious to me because you can tell they're always like, wait a minute. What, did I mean to say that? Well, now I did. And I I love when they dig it. So, yeah. No, they ate all the eggs in the store. They're just like littered all over the place. That will on the uh, on the subject of. Uh, bits because if I remember correctly this uh, this topic sort of came out of thinking about like what is yeah. a bit and all that jazz uh, yeah. one of my favorite bits personally to do is to take people's words at literal face value which I understand is very annoying for the people who talk to me but it's a lot of fun <laughs> for me um, uh, and instances like that I think are an example mm-hmm. of like a bit or something that I would consider a joke um, that uh, I engage in a lot uh, when somebody says something like, yeah, somebody came in and ate all of the eggs. Well, that, I mean, that sounds like there's a person who's lying in the middle of Kroger, uh, egg yolk <laughs> like, and shell just all over their face. Yeah, like just full of full full of scrambled eggs, but they weren't cooked. <laughs> Oof. I learned recently that one of my coworkers, who I don't get to see a lot because he moved to Texas, one of my uh, coworkers, as all of the best people do, uh, you should move to Texas. Just come oh, here. Oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, that's fair. But I that's wish fair. you all the best. Okay. But what if you move to Austin and I move to Austin and Thompson's already in Austin? Okay. All right. It's the one place. It's the one place. Anyway, continue on with your coworker who moved to Texas. I, my coworker, we were talking about, I think, just what we do in the morning. Um, and my coworker uh, was telling me about his like morning routine where he gets up, he cracks uh, two eggs into a glass and he just drinks them. And then he went on to describe the rest of his morning. What? Um, Wait. What? Yes. What? Right? What? Yeah. yeah. What? Why? For what, what? reason? Oh. I don't... Okay. So here's the thing. When I imagine somebody doing that, I imagine like The Rock, right? Somebody who's like huge. Right. Uh, this guy uh, looks pretty much like me. Like we are the same okay. build. So like okay. not a person that you would not a body build. Oh, no, 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 right. no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, he, um, and like as we were this, we were at a sales meeting uh, for mm-hmm. our like entire company, which is why he was in town. He flew into Texas. We're having like pr- presentations and whatnot. Amazing. Um, and from the point that he told me that till I would say 
we had the rest of work and then we went to Maggiano's and they had us in like our own room where I having this like fancy dinner or whatever. I just couldn't let it go. I was like, wait, hold on. So before you, this saves time in the morning? He's like, yeah, it saves time. But you could just scramble that. It's like, it doesn't take yeah. that long. How much time are you saving? What else are you doing with that extra minute right. and a half? Uh, to the point where some of our coworkers were like, you have got to let this go, man. You got <laughs> you to gotta, you drop it. Well, I just, I just don't get it because like, I even if he doesn't want to scramble it, you can cook eggs in the microwave. Like there are so many other options than drinking them raw. That's what and I said. When you <laughs> I like that we're both, this is, for anyone listening, Harrison and I are very similar types of humor sometimes. So like, you're just stuck here with us <laughs> thinking around these stupid <laughs> eggs could have done anything he could instead have baked the eggs days in advance and just i used to do that i used to make egg muffins and freeze them and then eat them later yeah it's really good by the way you should do it um i wouldn't suggest like freezing and then microwaving i would freeze and then rebake because microwaving them makes them soggy and they're sad hmm. yeah and then you feel like you're eating raw eggs but anyway except for some people yeah. like that apparently i just don't understand i Super don't get it. That's so weird. That's so. Uh, if you're Harrison's coworker and you somehow find this podcast, we do like you. You're just you're just strange. Yeah, this is great. One of the best people that I work with. Just weird dude. Wonderful. Weird, weird. Just so weird. weird it's okay. Me too. Um, so I do. I remember one thing you brought up that I really appreciate is kind of like when you're in on a joke. One of my one of my favorite things is when you can clearly tell like the person who is telling the joke is telling it because they understand they have something in common with the audience. Um, so my favorite, some of my favorite comedians are like Ali Wong and Hasan Minaj. And my favorite thing in their comedy is uh, also Sindhu V is when we get to talking about Asian parents or like commonalities we have growing up Asian American. I die laughing because it's like obviously not everyone in the audience is going to get it, especially if you didn't grow up as uh, as an Asian American. But like when there's this commonality of experience that you have, there are some things that are like inherently very funny. like how your parents act or like like my favorite thing is like jokes they'll tell about like times that your parents call you to help them with the tv and it's like your dad has to watch the cricket match and if you don't help it by the time he gets to the cricket match it's like a whole thing a whole thing and like obviously they can tell it a lot better than i can right now but like it's just very funny and it's one of my favorite things is like that idea that jokes also connect us all in that kind of like you and I have something in common. That's why we think it's funny. And as long as it's not putting someone else down, it's usually hilarious. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite along those lines. One of my favorite like humor experiences is scrolling through TikTok. I do a lot of TikTok. I'm I'm on TikTok. All the Me time. too. Me too. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, scrolling through and seeing uh, like a black creator create some video uh, that details an experience. Uh, but they will, through the captions or uh, through the, like, on-screen captions or what have you, uh, point out that, like, this is, like, a black thing, right? And to me, a lot of times, a lot of these things are just like, oh, that's just a thing that people do. Uh, and it's it's fascinating to then discover, usually through the comments, that that is not the case. People do not do that and that it really is just, like, an us thing. Um, yeah. There was a video recently where... Um, somebody uh it was a person of color i think they were hispanic uh talking about uh how when they're dating white people white people don't know to check the oven before they turn it on um and i was like well i mean everybody stores pots and pans in the oven right that's right? not just an us thing that's everybody does that but at least according to tiktok not everybody does that no so that's actually, this is not a joke, but this is a real thing that happened about keeping pots in the oven. So I've lived with white roommates for like quite a long time. So I go back and forth between storing things in the oven. And for one of my last roommates, I stored something in the oven and she didn't know that when she first moved in, neither did her mom. So they actually turned on the oven without telling me. And so one of my pans, I had to like get in there. It was like completely charred. <laughs> Cause they had like turned it on. It was not supposed to be in there. Um, but conversely, after I lived with her for like six to seven months, I like stopped putting things in there. And then my new roommate moved in and I like occasionally would put things in there when I was cleaning. Cause it's like, we have a very small kitchen. So like the best place to put things is like in the oven to clean and then like take them out. 
Um, and I forgot to take some things out one day and I melted all of our plastic cutting boards. All of them. And when I looked at it, I was like, I should have known better. Like, no matter who I talk to about this, because I live predominant around non-white people, they're all going to be like, Nita, you should like, we always put things in the oven. And like, I did not realize this was this big of a thing. Also, it's just such a weirdly specific thing that you find out there are some things that like people just don't do. And you're like, you don't do that. Right. Weird. Right. I, this may be, this may be a question for later on in our humor discussion. Yes. But do you find that uh, specificity plays a large role in the types of humor that you enjoy? Like, are you saying like the more specific a joke is, the more funny it is? Or I so like this was also one of the like half finished thoughts that I sort of wrote down, but then didn't flesh okay. out at all. <laughs> um, no, you're good. You're good. This is the time to flesh it out. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a great time. Um, uh, so whether it be the like specificity of experience, like uh, with that sort of thing, or just like the specificity when describing something, like a lot of um, there's a John Mulaney joke where uh, he's talking about. Um, a job that he worked in this guy that he worked for uh, and he gives mm -hmm. you like he says i'm giving you more uh, description than you need because i need you to believe that this is a real person right but like part of what that does uh for me when i'm listening to it is it's, it's just funny to hear him very specifically right. describe a person i just i don't know why i find that funny but i do <laughs> no i think i i kind of agree with you the more specificity i get I think the funnier it gets, I just don't understand why. I, I think part of it is usually in the delivery too. Like John Mulaney is very good at delivering. As he gets more and more specific, he gets like more wide-eyed and he starts like doing more hand gestures. Um, and I think that's usually what sells it for me is along with that specificity, I get a lot more, I guess, energy from the comic, whoever it is, comedian. So I can take that. that yeah. I also think there's like a, a level where you have to have at least a little bit of specificity. Like I think the more vague it is, the less funny it is. Mm -hmm. So if you come up to me and you're like, you know, I, uh, I don't know. I like now I'm blanking. But if you were like, hey, I did a thing with some stuff, like that's not really funny. But if you were to say like, you know, I, <laughs> I can't even, I don't know how specific is too specific. How specific is when we get into specifics? Like, what's the difference between, like, all I can think of is this stupid grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like, is it funnier if I tell you that I go to a Whole Foods Publix, uh, a Whole Foods thing, or does it matter? Like, as long as I'm telling you a grocery store, is that specific enough? And then that extra detail is even funnier? I think as opposed to, like, the amount uh it is the sort of the particular use of specificity because okay. sometimes i think being too specific about certain things can distract from the actual thing that you're trying to get across right gotcha where yeah i'm trying to think of an example it's not going right well. should have come up with examples before we met this oh. entire episode is like when you go to a family gathering and somebody finds out that you do comedy in some way or form and they're like well be funny right now and it's like oh here's the You're thing like, oh. i just forgot how to I, I can't do it i just forgot all of my humor that's a that's it at the moment i barely speak english unfortunately i don't i don't know how this <laughs> happens but like if you are specific about like a particular part of your story to to the detriment of that like setup and punchline right where people aren't able to actually like remember what we're doing exactly. and like what the joke is okay engage in the punchline because they're thinking about how this person cooks their eggs in the morning right like it, right it can, it can mess with we're the rhythm i'm never gonna let That's it go true. i can't let it go I simply <laughs> won't. it's okay it's okay We'll just think about it. We'll come up with a joke about it by the end of this. Beautiful. I'm trying to think of, there's definitely a thought like sitting in my head about humor and I don't remember what it was. Do you remember any any of the words of it? <laughs> no, absolutely not. That's not how this works. 
when I forget something, I forget everything. It's it all walks away together. Oh. It's just like it's like a caterpillar. There's like one leg after the other. It's all a hundred words gone together. Nice. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess on the on the on the idea of a good joke, bad joke, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, obviously specificity is good to a point and then it can be detrimental and then like obviously you don't even have a joke it kind of like unravels and just kind of becomes a lot of info Mm -hmm. um what do you think makes a good joke harrison versus what do you think makes a bad joke i think well i think a lot of well let me back up a second i think that a good joke from the idea of being like a well-crafted joke, I think Mm -hmm. is going to be some sort of joke where just from a technical perspective, the setup supports the punchline. I would probably put efficiency in there somewhere where the joke is, every element of it is something that is uh, on purpose. Um, And this is mostly what I'm thinking about uh, stand-up bits. Yeah, uh, more so yeah, than yeah. just like people sitting around joking around, but uh, the phrasing of it, you know, sort of supports the punchline and all mm-hmm. that jazz. So that from the moment that the joke starts to the end of the joke, everything is sort of leading to that conclusion, uh, without the conclusion being completely out of nowhere. Uh, yeah. For me, a good joke is something where it's like, you know, that now that you've said it, that is the only logical conclusion to come to from that setup, but that is also something that I never would have thought of on my own. Um, Gotcha. That, for me, is a good joke, but uh, from, like, a technical perspective, but when I think of, like, jokes that I just consider good jokes, jokes that I just like, it, some jokes, I think that they are specific to people, and some jokes just hit me in a certain way. Um, there's a John Mulaney joke where uh, he talks about his college asking him for money. Uh, and he talks about the time that he wasted in college. And he's like, oh, yeah, I paid hundreds or tens of thousands of dollars for somebody to tell me to read Jane Austen. And then I didn't. Uh, and every time I hear that, I laugh really hard. Um, and that is not, I wouldn't even say is necessarily one of John Mulaney's better jokes. But I, I really like it. It just makes me laugh so hard for some reason. No, it's funny. I also, one thing I wanted to point out, though, uh, you said this is mostly for stand-up. Do you think there are different, like, levels of, like, standards that we need to hold jokes to? Because we have jokes in stand-up, sketch, storytelling, improv, uh, obviously movies, TV, and as you said, like, just back and forth in real life. So do you think we need to hold those to, like, different standards, or... Do you think they're like on the same playing field? I think so. I wouldn't say that any of them are like higher art or higher comedy than the other ones. Right. Because right? Right. if your goal is to make somebody laugh, then, you know, that's the goal. Same goal. To yeah. make somebody laugh. But I think that there are different responsibilities depending on who you are, who your audience is, and what your relationship to that audience is. Uh, for example, I think that stand up sometimes well i don't think that that necessarily has to do with the form i think that like uh with people depending on who they are and what their platform is right they have this Mm -hmm. responsibility to um this responsibility in their humor right because one of the things that humor does that i really enjoy is that it i feel like (laughs) well i can't say this because it is like what I am about to describe is like an actual like neurological <laughs> phenomenon, and I have no training in that area, so this might not be oh, true. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Harrison, there have been so many episodes where I've done things where I'm like, clearly I'm not in charge of this. <laughs> and hey, there are podcasts that exist that talk about so many things they're not qualified for. We can be we can be neurologists for a day. Neuroscientists. I don't know. Whatever the term. See, I don't even know the term. I love neurologists, though. That's amazing. Um, that yeah. might be that. I don't. I, I genuinely have no You're idea. going to look it up now. I, so I feel like humor does a sort of thing with your brain where it's sort of through the idea of promoting a sort of like suspense, a suspension of disbelief with introducing the premise and whatnot and then getting to the punchline. Um, you have 
uh, a world where people, first of all, people enjoy laughing in general, like on, on average, people enjoy laughing. So when people hear something that they believe is going to be a joke, they're like, I, I want to laugh at this, unless there is for some reason, a reason why they don't, right? If you hear a joke mm-hmm. from a comic that you don't like, you, know, you might be like, ah, I, I, I'm going to hate whatever this person says. Yeah. But like, usually when I'm hearing somebody tell a joke, I'm like, ah, I want to laugh at this, right? And we have that set up in the punchline, the premise and the payoff. The premise, in order for the payoff to work, I have to accept what the premise is, uh, even if yep. it's just for a moment. And I think that that is where I think some stand-up comedians betray their responsibility because they will, in their premise, include something that is uh, factually just inaccurate um which if the joke is like a low stakes joke it's just one of those things where it's like ah that feels like lazy joke writing mm-hmm. where it's like they're making an observation about a type of person or a type of situation that just doesn't exist right mm-hmm. but in high stakes examples um i think that that can lead to i suspect that that can lead to people hearing the joke and that premise going unchallenged because they're waiting on the punchline yeah. Um, which I think a lot of the comedians that are in the news now, um, I think that that is a thing that they have done. Um, and that is part of why I think they're, some of their jokes are bad jokes is because the premise that they have uh, is inaccurate and also high stakes. So, Yeah. Yeah, I know a lot of times in a lot of the improv storytelling, not stand-up, uh, sometimes sketch classes that... I've taken, I'm sure you've taken. Somebody talks about a level of responsibility we have when we're making jokes, right? Because not only are you like taking care of whoever you're on stage with, whether it's, you know, storytelling is just you, sketch is like three to four other people, improv can be upwards of 20 people. Like you're not only taking care of them, but you're also taking care of your audience. And as you said, sometimes that premise can get stuck here. You're also imparting part of what you view the world to be into your audience. So I agree with you that like at least at like the level of filmed stand up and sketch and everything, I think they do have a higher responsibility. Obviously, even at like a you and me basis, we have a responsibility to each other. But I think it's a lot easier to call it out and also to like think about it in the moment than it is when you're like digesting a media that is given to you on the idea so i would say that that is like a a social responsibility or like a a a social standard that uh, we hold uh, certain members of society to that we might not hold others to uh because of their reach right um i think that as far as like humor standards go i do think that i would hold like professional comedians to a higher standard in the sense that like sometimes my friends saying things to me I think are funny but then if a comedian were to say that to me I'd be like this this guy's a hack this isn't yeah uh, yeah good at all a lot of my sense of humor is just bad puns I really enjoy Mm -hmm. that um and I recognize that no one would find it funny if a professional comedian were to say that. But I also think that people wouldn't find it funny if I were like doing stand up or like writing a sketch and did that. I think part of it is that if we are just sitting around waiting for pizza to get delivered, then like a bad pun there is, is, uh, it has a lower standard. Yeah. Yeah. So you're telling me you wouldn't watch 30 minutes of bad puns on a on a Netflix stand-up or you don't think we should put that out because it's kind of lazy I would not put it past Netflix to put that out but I don't think that's fair that they should that's fair um on that note what what are some of the higher standards like we have bad puns you know I I think blue humor is kind of low personally I think anytime somebody has to make a joke about poop middle schoolers making jokes about poop I'll laugh they're they're learning their humor, but if a comedian's making poop jokes, I'm like, you can you can do better than that. I don't really want to hear about this explosive diarrhea right now. We can move on. Do you have any other things on your like humor standard that you kind of are like this is lowballing, guys? Hmm. I 
Yeah, a big one for me really is the like, is the setup to the joke, is it like a real thing? Or are you lying to me to get me to a punchline that you can then deliver? Um, I don't have any examples of this, unfortunately, but there's some John Mulaney joke that I never think about until I'm rewatching whatever special it's in. And then mm -hmm. he gets the punchline and I go, but wait a minute, you are riffing off of a world that you made up. <laughs> this is not, yeah. this is not actually a thing. Um, yeah, I think that for me, a standard as far as humor goes is like how much of what was just said is actually like a setup and punchline or how much mm. of it is like, I said something unexpected, <laughs> which doesn't necessarily make it worse. It's just like, I, I don't know that that is yeah. as much of a joke as something that isn't that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, cool. I while we're here, uh, I'm gonna flip it to the other side again. Harrison, do you have a favorite joke? Ooh, do I have a favorite joke? I probably do. Um, so the that John Mulaney Jane Austen joke is actually one of my favorites, and one of the other, <clears throat> uh, another John Mulaney bit that he has, uh, where he's talking about uh being at a party and um, mm -hmm. worrying that he has uh stolen a childhood photo. Uh, that whole that's the end of the joke so i'm so sorry if you haven't seen if you haven't no, seen no, you're good. that joke uh because it's ruined now um that is one of my favorites i don't have a favorite like street joke like just a setup punchline type joke um there is a joke that i like uh by a comedian uh named anthony jesselnick um, and Anthony Jeselnik's whole bit is that he, like, his comedic persona is just a bad person. So he does these sort of, like, one-liner set-up punchline jokes where a lot of the joke is that, like, oh, this person said something that, like, most people wouldn't say. But, I don't know, it's delivered in a way that I uh, often think is fun. But <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to bring, you know, bad vibes to your podcast. Hey, it's okay. I, I accept all vibes in my podcast, as long as they're not poop jokes. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I, all right, this is one of my favorite jokes, and I will, oh, well, not one of my favorite jokes. This is one of my favorite jokes right now. I will tell it, okay. and if you hate it, please feel free to be like, hey, I hated that. There's, uh, Anthony Jeselnik has a joke where uh, he says, uh, I used to live next to this, uh, to this old man who uh, unfortunately had Alzheimer's. Um, uh, so he's like losing his memory and every day the, uh, the man would get up in the crack of dawn uh, he would come over and he'd knock on my door uh, so every day I woke up at the crack of dawn to this man knocking on my door uh, and I'd open it and every day that man would look into my face and ask me uh, have you seen my wife which meant that every day at the crack of dawn after this man knocked on my door I had to look that man that poor man in his face and say, I'm, I'm so sorry, but your wife, uh, your wife has passed away. Um, and, you know, every day I had to do this and I would tell people this and people would be like, Anthony, why don't you just move? Anthony, why don't you, you know, not answer the door? Uh, but, you know, to be honest, I would do it every day for the rest of my life just to see the smile on his face. <laughs> what? <laughs> I okay. I love that joke because it truly, for a moment, seems like it's going to be the rare heartfelt story in the midst of right. all of these very short right. one-liner jokes. But it it it's just another joke about a bad person telling a story about another bad person. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I when you got to and he was like, I would do it every day. I was like, oh no. And then he was like, and then the guy smiled. I was like, oh no, it's too many layers deep. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. So that's oh oh I actually I have I have a I have a better not awful. <laughs> uh, All right, joke. cool. I'll put both of them in. Let's go. Um, Let's go. But uh, this one uh, isn't going to work for an audio medium, so I'm so sorry. I can send you the TikTok <laughs> later, so like you can see it and experience this. Um, <laughs> like the, can you still please explain it so that I can link the TikTok actually in the description? Perfect. Absolutely. So great. We can get somebody a lot of views. <laughs> 
I, I, I think this is going to be what uh, what does it what does it for him. We're going to make him famous. Um, so 100%. there is uh, so one of my favorite things about TikTok is sort of like the evolution of uh, humor and jokes mm-hmm. on TikTok because you have a lot of people who are essentially repeating patterns, uh, which is a lot of fertile ground for comedy and such. Um, so uh, there's this one guy who uh, is making a, a, Cal- a not California Chicago deep dish pizza. Um, as people sometimes do on TikTok, just as not as like a, an attempt at humor or anything, but just like a showing off a skill or providing comfort or being like, hey, this is pretty cool, right? So he makes this uh, deep dish pizza and this guy duets it. This guy is sort of split screened with the guy making uh, pizza. And this guy, uh, I think, is from New York uh, and he's just complaining about the pizza uh, because deep dish pizza, right? You've got, uh, you've got the yeah. like shell that has been the shell, the crust mm-hmm, of the mm-hmm. pizzas, what humans call mm-hmm. it. Um, and you've got like all of the like toppings or what have you, and you've got the cheese, and then you've got like the sauce on top, right? And there, I think there's also like sauce in the middle. It's been a while since I've had deep dish pizza. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just go to Nancy's. It's fine. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, this guy is complaining about the uh, the pizza uh, essentially being like, yo, but where's the cheese? Where's the cheese on the pizza? I'm Italian. This hurts that there's no cheese on this pizza, right? So another guy duets that video. Love this. Uh, and basically every, yeah, right? It's it's a great video. <laughs> um, every uh, every complaint that the guy has, the, uh, the last guy who's duetting it is just going, it's under the sauce. It's under the sauce. The cheese is under the sauce. It's under the sauce. Where do they put the cheese? It's under the sauce, right? Uh, so that that is great. I love that video. I love how like that audio then made the rounds around TikTok as people sort of like evolve on it and whatnot. So then there is another video where uh, there is uh, the first video, very similar to the first one. Uh, the one of the pizza the first video is just like somebody on a roller coaster right so the roller coaster like careens and then goes off state uh goes off um off stage yeah yeah, yeah. exactly (laughs) uh goes uh off screen right somebody duets it uh this time adding a bit of a joke like as in the first example right where they open their mouth so that it looks like the um (laughs) yeah that the thing disappears into their mouth uh somebody stitches that video and goes, hey, you might not know this, uh, but that's actually fake, right? Which is a very dumb joke off of the like types of like debunking videos that people will post on TikTok at some point, yeah. right? So at this point, they're like building a couple layers deep on different types of jokes. Somebody duets that, <laughs> and uh, after they're like, oh, you might not know this, but that's actually fake. Uh, and the guy goes, well, then where are they? Right, is, is his like little bit punchline <laughs> to be like, well, it, it, to prove it if it's fake. Where did the people yeah, exactly. go? Right, last person duets it and just yells, "It's under the sauce." Uh, the first time so- that I watched that, I had to lay on the ground. It was so funny. <laughs> That's so good. Oh my god, I love when I also love the very niche part of the internet where jokes intersect. It's one of my favorite things. Right. Because you you to fully uh, understand or understand to fully like appreciate and like be hit with the humor of that joke. You have to have seen the other ones of them, uh, which I think creates the same sort of feeling of like me and you were hanging out. We saw something weird. I've referenced it later. Right. Mm -hmm. And that. I love Twitter. Twitter is one of my favorite places. I don't, well, no, that's not true. I do have that experience on Twitter sometimes too, where people will like take jokes that just reference other jokes. Um, now that I'm saying it out loud like that in simple terms, very common comedic uh, yeah, techniques actually, actually, happens yep, all the time mm-hmm. in all forms of media. Mm-hmm. So, uh, <laughs> but I, that is my favorite like type of joke. So that video yeah. really got me. I really like it. Nice, nice, nice. Um, Ooh, can I, one more, my last favorite joke. And again, feel free to cut any of these. I'm keeping all of them. Um, I actually lied to you. I'm doing absolutely no editing. This is going to be an hour and a half long. I'm going to put it in like just 45 minutes of silence as well. (laughs) Perfect. Um, I was was in the green room at Drama Tech Theater where uh, you Mm -hmm. and I met um, 
we I can confirm. Uh, <laughs> it was fun times, very fun times. Uh, <laughs> I was talking to uh, one of my friends about, I think, the Transformers movies. Either, yeah, it must have been the Transformers movies. Probably. Uh, and Michael Bay came up. So we started talking about Michael Bay. Uh, and then another friend, uh, Aditya, uh, he said, I'm related to Michael Bay. Or no, he said, uh, me and Michael Bay have the same grandfather, I think. Or me and Michael Bay have the same uncle, something like that. Um, I, to which I was like, I that I I feel like that's not right. Uh, for those of you listening who don't know Michael Bay or Aditya or either of those people, uh, Michael Bay, uh, tall, skinny, white dude. Uh, Aditya, uh, fairly tall, uh, brown dude. He's like five nine. He looks like he could be my cousin. Like, he looks like he's more likely to be related to me than Michael Bay. Right, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he definitely, like, I was, I was like, I feel like this is a bit, but I'm not, you never really know. Uh, you never. <laughs> some people. He's just so mysterious. He is. He's a mystery. So he was like, yeah, I, um, uh, we have the same, we have the same uncle. Or I think he said, we're related, I'm related to Michael Bay. And I was like, I don't think that's right. He was like, yeah, we have the same uncle. Or, yeah, we have the same uncle. I was like, I don't, I just... I feel like you're not related to Michael Bay. And without missing a beat, he looked me in the eyes and said, then why do I have his memories? <laughs> I, 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 it, it was... <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> right? This is wonderful. Wonderful, man. I, I, I think about just, that all, all the time. Truly all the time. Right. Oh, man. Oh, that's the setup is so good. The punchline's amazing. Also, just all of the setup before that of just Aditya being Aditya. Yeah. Cause like there are, so that joke has the risk of us not following up. <laughs> of him right. being like, I'm related to Michael Bay. And I was just going, Oh, cool. And then just yeah. walking away. So <laughs> that uh He really I love it. Really oh. So those are those are my three. What are, what is your favorite joke? I'm actually really bad at remembering jokes, so I was hoping that you would just keep telling jokes and I wouldn't have to. I do have a couple of favorite comedians that are like Ali Wong, Hasan Minaj. I feel like one of my favorite longer jokes um, was definitely Hassan's engagement, um, which I feel bad saying because his wife, uh, you know, it involves her too, but she does know about it. She did live through it. But uh, it follows one of my favorite trajectories, which is everything that can go wrong will go wrong. So I'm going to try to remember as much as possible because he like did it when he was on tour and we watched it in person. Um, but essentially, Hassan tries to like, you know, orchestrate this big, like big, big thing to like engage, like get engaged to Beanie, his his wife. Um, and she doesn't have many expectations, but she's like, I just don't want to end up at like an Applebee's or anything. Right. And so he tries to do all this stuff. Um, he. Obviously, though, is still on a budget, right? So he like goes to Groupon and gets like a Groupon for like a hot air balloon ride. And it's not like they get there and they realize it's the reason it's a Groupon is because it's a shared hot air balloon ride. So they like go up with another couple and they're like enjoying the view with like either another couple or a man or something. And then they come back down and he didn't book a restaurant or anything. And like they try to do all this stuff. And eventually they end up at Applebee's. He does not have a ring and he just like asks her to marry him and she's like, sure, I guess. And just like the long progression, it's like a five or ten minute thing that he tells and everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And that's one of my favorite types of stories is when you know exactly what should happen and then it's nothing like that. I love that. Yeah. Is that from one of his specials? Um, I don't know if it was from the special or if it was we saw him in person in like 2018. So it might be from that from this. It's not home. But you might mm, you might want to check Homecoming King. It might be there. Who knows? Yeah, no. uh, it's time for me to watch I that do... again anyway. Yeah, right. Do you want to watch it together? Absolutely. I'll do it. Yay. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm not good at remembering jokes. Also, I feel like most of the jokes that also make me laugh are just very short like those situational ones. I'm a I'm a large fan of slapstick comedy. I am. Ooh, so Okay. I can do yeah. that. Do you have any like I was listening to some people talk recently about uh how we had more 
physical comedians, not like mm-hmm. comedians who are more physical, but just like in number more comedians who are primarily uh, physical back mm-hmm. in the day, or at least that is their perception. I don't know. I haven't actually looked around to see, but like, do you have any like comedians or comedic actors uh, who fulfill your love of slapstick comedy? I mean, they're probably not great. It's probably actually a bad comedy, uh, but I do love Larry Curly Moe. That's nice. I, I, I think it's like the the Sturgis bit is one of my favorites. It's just they don't know what a Sturgis is. I just I'm just gonna make it very simple for you. They get slapped with a fish. It's hilarious. Yeah. I I I don't know if I would agree or disagree that there's more or less physical comedy because I feel like part of it is that it like changes with the times, right? Like I feel like. Sharing stand-up right now is a lot easier than sharing, well, slapstick, or I guess, like, physical comedy is just as easy, but I guess I feel like it was a lot bigger when we had, like, silent films and everything, and I feel like now word humor is maybe more humorous. I might be wrong about that. I can take that. But that's kind of what I feel. I think that that's, that, that seems right. That seems true. Yeah. I also feel like sketch is really on the rise right now, and I love watching sketch comedy. It's just very funny. Have you seen any sketches recently that you've been like, ah, I like that. I'm a big fan. Um, I mean, do you mean besides all of Mark Kendall's work? Um, <laughs> you know. I just remembered. I'm sorry. I just remembered. This is not going to be of any use uh, or interest Great. to people who are listening it, but I just remembered that Mark Kendall is performing at... Uh, the Alliance, and I was gonna buy tickets, and then my uh, you're welcome. My phone was being weird. You're welcome. I may have. It's possible he might be performing tonight. Oh man, Harrison, if he's performing tonight, we're cutting recording. Oh, we're going. No, no, no. He's performing uh, tomorrow or Thursday and Friday, I think. Okay. Yeah. Cool. You heard it here, everybody. In the past. <laughs> Mark Kendall is performing, so go see him. No, but I love, I think Mark Kendall is one of my favorite for sketch comedy, especially I, with all of my heart, will send any of his sketches that I see to anybody, which most of the time now is the Marta sketches. But I just love how much he also really cares about the princess switch. And I, I, Mark Kendall, if you ever end up listening to our podcast, please let me know your thoughts on the princess switch three because it just came out and I have some feelings. They really should have stopped at two princesses. I don't know why they thought three was a good idea. It's it's already out. It's a lot. Yeah. By the way, Harrison, we watched it last week. Oh yeah. I'm so sorry. I had a show, or else I would have. No, you're good. Uh, I wanted to go. Um, what's your favorite joke from that show? What's my favorite joke from the show? Oh, um, so I was in the booth for the show. Yeah. I, Hilarious. I don't know that there was a favorite joke. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to stop it. I don't know if there was a joke. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Listen, I have okay. seen some sketch shows where I've been like, I don't know that any of these are jokes, really. I'm not sure, but that's, that's fair. what a joke that's is. That's fair. There was, uh, I worked a sketch show uh, a little while ago that was like church themed. And for one of the sketches, they had, it was a teacher teaching a group of kids about uh, Noah's Ark. Um, Mm -hmm. which uh, I've always like related to as like a uh, oh this is like a this is like a fun little story this is a fun Mm -hmm. little story uh, that they tell you never really thought about it too deeply Um, but the sketch involved two of my favorite comedic tropes which are one thinking way too much about the like specific text of something in this case the story of Noah's Ark and two like precocious kids uh, really enjoy that uh, we mentioned Thompson earlier. This is a thing that would happen with Thompson and improv all the time, where Thompson would either play a child who knows too much, or Thompson would play a teacher who is being uh, just unfortunately cursed with students who are very young and have way too many adult questions. Uh, yep. Not adult, yep. like inappropriate, but adult just like about capitalism and such. Yeah. Um, but in this sketch, um, the... Uh, they start talking about like, oh yeah, so Noah brought in two of every animal onto uh, the ark. Uh, and then one of the kids asks a question that I had never considered before, which is what about all of the other animals? Uh, 
of course, this is like a classroom scene. So <laughs> the uh, the teacher is trying to like get control of the kids, but like as they're right. thinking about it, they're coming up with more and more questions. Um, at one point, <laughs> one of the kids yells, "God wants my puppy to die." Very funny. Um, it's I, it's just like it's it, I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I, without getting out the exact text of it, I probably would not be able to do anything resembling a reenactment of it. But like, I really like that shit. No, I love it. That's good. That's funny. No, I appreciate that. I also started thinking because I. So I'm Hindu. I uh, so I've only heard of Noah's Ark through other people telling me about Noah's Ark. Obviously, didn't learn about it growing up. But I remember like a couple of years ago when someone was retelling me about that story. They made a point to be like they took two of every animal. We don't know what they did with birds or fish, really. And I was like, but there's just water everywhere. What is that? What does it matter? And then they were like, fair. And I was like, okay. <laughs> So it didn't really technically, I guess, take every animal, but also like some of them didn't need it. So like, who cares? That's a side note. I'm going to cut that out. That was weird. No, I, like that. Yeah. I like that. Hey, if you're going to keep all of my rambling in, I I enjoyed that hey. perspective. So, hey, it's OK. Uh, well, you know, as the editor, <laughs> it is my choice to torture. That's fair. I have no say in it whatsoever. <laughs> there was a party where the subject of Noah's Ark came up. And Luke Schusler very earnestly was like, does that mean that Noah also took like two types of tuberculosis on board? I'm like, that's very funny. <laughs> that's a great question. Okay, but like valid question. Uh, we'll get back to that in the next iteration of this podcast. The, yeah, any... Sorry, no, finish, no, finish what you're saying. I was going to say the next 52 weeks are just going to be a deep investigation of Noah's Ark. I think that that's, I think that that's good. I'm ready. I'll learn so much about something I never learned about. At the same time, uh, the sidebar is just going to be a, a, a lunch special. Ooh. Yeah, just talk about food. But yeah, are there? Do you have any more thoughts on on jokes and humor, Harrison? Any more things you want to get out and about into the world? I will say this. Uh, my one thing about humor that I will say to anybody who <laughs> is unfortunate enough to have been standing still long enough to hear me rant at them about humor, um, is that some, most of the funniest people that I know, or I would say probably all of the funniest people that I know, uh, that I know personally, at least, um, will laugh at things that are very like high level, high uh, concept humor but also will laugh at very dumb things like bad puns yeah. um and i think that if uh, i think that sometimes people find things funny that they feel like they shouldn't find funny because the humor is like beneath them or what have you right not like it's bad but like it's like oh well that joke is too dumb for me to think is funny um mm -hmm. and i think that it can be useful and a good thing to be like, you know what? I'm not going to judge myself for thinking that that's funny, right? Like, I, I think that uh, slapstick, right? It was very funny. It's a very funny thing. But I think that part of the reason that it may have gone out of style a little bit is I think that people did start to turn more towards, like, these wordy intellectual jokes. Um, and I think yeah. that there are some people who think that they might be, like, too good for slapstick humor. I was like, yeah, it's just another way to bring joy to your life so that's that's my that's my last humor thought gotcha well thank you for all of those i'm i'm gonna keep all of them i want you to know the podcast is gonna be five hours long uh i'm gonna find a way to triple it slow it down so people have to listen to all of it again but yeah thank you harrison thank you so much for joining me um i have i have two more things two more things we got to do yes. um before before we leave um first um thank you so much for coming on as you know, this is one of the last episodes of the 52-Bit Podcast. This will be ending on December 31st, which who knows, this might be posted on that day. I would love to suggest, Harrison, buy a mic and please make a podcast. <laughs> um, I would love to hear a podcast by you, honestly, on anything you want, and I will listen to it because remember, at the end of this, I need things to listen to after this because I won't be editing and recording this every week. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I will consider it. <laughs> okay, so I'll buy you a mic, oh, and then uh, I'll even help you edit. And please, okay, fine. But like, it'd be so good. You're so, you're so funny, and I love listening to you talk. Oh, Harrison, everybody, please 
uh, message Harrison until he makes a podcast. You know, we can just talk, right? Like, we don't, there doesn't need to be a podcast. No, there needs to be a podcast. This is not how that works, Harrison. Fair enough. Being friends? Absolutely not. Ridiculous idea. All right. (laughs) And I have one more question for you before we end today. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a question I ask everyone. I've asked you so many times. um, But if you could be any kind of cookie, what kind of cookie would you be and why? Ooh, okay. So is this what kind of cookie am I most like? Or if I had the choice of cookie to become, what type of cookie would I want to become? Yes. Great. I... So I think in every like era of my life, when you've asked me this, I've always said Oma Raisin Cookie, and it has always been yes. for different reasons. Like with, well, first I was like, I like Oma Raisin Cookies the most. Later, uh, it was like, you know, I, I feel like Oma Raisin Cookie, you've got the mix, right? Because like raisins are technically sweet. Uh, they're not a fruit that people enjoy, but they are, I think they taste good. Um, and then you've got, you know, the oatmeal is, good for you but i still think oatmeal raisin cookies taste good now i think that oatmeal raisin cookies are the cookies that would be most likely to have a self-imposed bedtime uh which is something that i relate to a lot so i'd still say oatmeal raisin cookie um but for that reason (laughs) because you're self-imposing do you have a bedtime that you self-impose on yourself i have not gotten that far but i do (laughs) think that i should i am in the phase of my life where every day i wake up and i go why in the world did i stay up (laughs) why did i not go to sleep but like when i was little it was like oh man why did i stay up till two in the morning or three in the morning whereas like now it's like why did i go to bed at midnight why did i think that was a good idea right 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 why didn't i go to bed at like 10 oh yeah i feel that very related side note i went to bed at like 2 a.m last night somehow stayed up that late but like nine my brain was like you're ready to go to bed and i was like no i'm not (laughs) and i regretted that when i woke up i was like oh no (laughs) that's i wish i always had the confidence of like late night me being like whatever i could keep watching tv you know what i'm gonna go ahead and make a bunch of pasta then i'm gonna go for a run and i don't know who knows I'm going to take out the sun, right? And then I wake up and I'm like, I should have just slept. <laughs> should have just right. gone to bed. You're like, never happening again. It's fine. And then it happens the same mm-hmm. night, every single night. 100%. Very impressed with night us. Indeed, indeed. Um, can I ask a request of you? And this is also a thing that you should feel free to cut out. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, I Yeah, the only thing I have to do is wrap up the podcast. So whatever you want. <laughs> Can I, just because this is like a jokes um, thing, and I yes. have not heard you do this yes. before, can I get a 185? I'm going to, I have a random word generator. <laughs> can I get you to do a 185 joke for me? I mean, you can, but I haven't done improv in like four years. Uh, so great. it's going to, this is going to be, it's going to be awful. Be okay. Amazing. Now, um, uh, of course, the rules of 185, 185, and then there's going to be a noun. Uh, the joke, uh, a groan is as good as a laugh. So even if it's bad, that just means it's great. So I'm going to hit my uh, random noun generator here. Uh, television, 185 televisions. Who uses televisions, though? <laughs> I, like, I'm trying to remember things about television. <laughs> so that I'm like, I like, I... I forgot how hard this is. Oh my god, I'm gonna have to cut out so much silence. Harrison, this is amazing. I love it. I'm, I'm into it. 185 televisions walk into the bar. Mm-hmm. They sit down at the bar, uh, and, and the bartender says, uh, "We don't, we don't serve you guys here." And they're like, "But, but we're cordless. Can't we? Can't we? Can't we sit here longer?" <laughs> that was bad. That was uh, wonderful. I loved it. Uh, I'm trying to think of things about. TVs like 185 TVs are mounted on the wall and the bartender says we don't serve you guys here and they're like but but we're stationed to stay I don't uh, I like it I like it I would do it uh, 185 televisions walk into a bar and the bartender says what can I get for you and they say uh uh whatever you want as long as it's red green and blue nice uh that's all Harrison I why think, are you I think that's Harrison? great Harrison, Harrison, I want you to do a 185 joke. I'm going to use a random word generator. All right, here we go. Let's do it. 
because I didn't expect this. <laughs> That's the you remember how that was a thing that we would do is yell nouns at each other and make people do one eighty five right. real quick. But I would do it to you guys. I would never do it myself because I'm not great. All right, let me just. I'm gonna refresh this, and we're gonna do. That's a verb. That, okay. Uh, passwords. Uh, a hundred and eighty-five passwords walk into a bar, um, and the bartender says, um, uh, "We don't serve your kind here." Uh, and the passwords are like, uh, "Oh, come on, man! Can I get uh, a drink? Uh, please, can I just get a few drinks?" Uh, they're like, "All right, fine, fine. What do you want?" Uh, the passwords are like, uh, "I." just want a uh, a corona right Got a little glass bottle just want a corona and the bartender's like uh how many do you want uh and the passwords are like one two three four because that's one of the most popular passwords that people use just one two three four <laughs> mm-hmm. yep see that sound right there as good as a laugh <laughs> that was really funny though i liked it i also considered 185 passwords walk into a speakeasy uh because you need a password to get in. I got it. That um, one's actually very nice. Nice. I like it. Uh, well, Harrison, no thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't like that, but thank you for being on the podcast. Um, to everybody listening, thank you all for joining us for this hour-long extravaganza. Uh, uh, if you have any comments, questions, concerns, funny jokes, uh, especially funny jokes this episode um, uh, message me at 52 underscore bit podcast on Twitter or 52 bit podcast at gmail.com. The 52 in both of those is numeric. And yeah, that's it for this week. Harrison, again, thank you so much, except for the end for joining me. <laughs> oh, thank you for inviting me. <laughs> always, always um, everybody have a lovely weekend and uh, I'll talk to you later. Bye.